Well, hey, everyone. Um, this is Lane. Um, no, the show hasn't been revived, but I'm just recording this little thing at the top of the, each show now because I did want to let you know that this show used to be called Lawfully Yours, a podcast. However, we got into a small intellectual property dispute, and we had to change the name to the Lane and V Power Hour. Um, at least that's the name. Um, if we decide to pick the show up again, who knows, we may change the title yet again and add an actual cover art image, but... Um, until then, just for anybody who was trying to find our podcast and couldn't find it for a while, it's because it was taken down. Um, I am re-uploading the episodes under this new name, so I just didn't want anybody to get confused. But anyway, dear listener, I hope this finds you well, and I love you, and have a great day or afternoon or night, whenever the heck you're listening to this. Welcome to episode 8 of Lawfully Yours. People, we've made it 8 episodes in. Still don't know what the heck we're doing, but we're still trucking. Um, if you didn't know, this is your host for today, Lane. I'm going to be hosting this episode solo. I'm recording this actually on Christmas Eve in a place that is a little too cold for me. But it's the quietest place that I could find. And again, like I said, this is going to be a solo episode, but I wanted to record something for the holidays, you know. I like Christmas time. It can be fun. It can be family-filled. I mean, this year it's not really going to be family-filled because of COVID, of course, but that's really neither here nor there. What's important, people, for you to know is that Lawfully Yours, if you couldn't tell by the name, this was a show that was started by some law students, such as myself and a few other classmates, and we actually typically format this show like a criminal trial in the United States, but because this is a solo episode, I'm not even going to go into all that. We've done that in plenty of episodes. Again, there's an episode, the very first episode of this show is called Introductions, because it explains everything you need to know about our show. And it's important for us to also talk about the fact that episode eight, people, is part of season one of our show, which we've titled In the Waiting Room. And that's because, of course, before COVID, when you would go into like a waiting room at a doctor's office, or you're in a waiting room somewhere other than a doctor's office, and the magazines just aren't hitting, you probably don't have good internet connection, so you can't get on Twitter, and you just strike up a conversation with somebody. Well, what are you guys talking about? Of course, anything and everything. And that's what we do each week as part of season one of the show is we just come in and we talk about whatever we feel like we want to talk about that day. And today we're going to be talking about some Christmas films that I love, but we'll get into more in that in a little bit. So people join us in the waiting room this week. And there's a couple of ways that you can support us and get in contact with us. But one of the most important ways is that you find us on any and all podcast platforms. We recently got added to iHeartRadio and Amazon Music. So those are two additional places you can find us. But you know where you can't find us? It's Pandora. Because I'm sorry, people. It's just not going to happen. But if you really want to go show us some support, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review because that helps us get seen by Apple Podcasts and we can get our, our show featured on the main page, which of course is something that we would want to do. 
there are a lot of other ways to support us besides just going and subscribing to our podcast and leaving ratings and reviews. You can also find us on social media. But where can you find us, Lane, you might be asking? Well, on Twitter, you can find us at Podcast Yours. Once again, that is at Podcast Yours. But if you want to find us on the Instagrammies, you can find us at Lawfully Yours Podcast. Once again, that is at Lawfully Yours podcast but say you just want to get a little bit more intimate with your conversation you got a real question that you know 280 characters or a selfie is just not going to do it for you well guess what people we got an email address too and that email address is lawfully yours podcast at gmail.com once again lawfully yours podcast at gmail.com so if you want to get in touch with us there you can do that so we're just going to jump right into this week's main topic, which, as I hinted at before, is about Christmas films. And today I'm going to talk about two Christmas movies that I watch every holiday season. And with these typ- with these Christmas movies, they're not going to be your typical Christmas films like, I don't know, It's a Wonderful Life or any of those other stuff that you usually see, you know, not It's a Charlie Brown Christmas or anything like that. These are two films that I probably feel are a bit more niche in genre, but I certainly think that for some people they're going to hear about these films and they'll become just as much of a regular staple in their holiday film rotation as much as they are in mine. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and talk about our first film, which is called Better Watch Out. And people, you can find this film on Shudder, which is a horror streaming service that we've actually talked about before on this show. And for the measly price of $5.99 every month, you get a bevy of horror films that you can just go and stream. It's the first and it's the first and only to my knowledge, a uh, streaming service that is specifically curated for horror films. So if you're a horror fanatic like myself, there's no other streaming service better than this one because they certainly have a lot of great horror films that are lesser known. You know, they go to festivals and they buy films, they distribute them. You'll find some really great hidden gems and Better Watch Out is one of those hidden gems, but you can also actually find this on Amazon Prime if you subscribe there. And this film stars Olivia Dijon, uh, who was in 2015's The Visit, uh, Levi by Miller, who was in that Peter Pan movie that was just called Pan, and it really sucked. There's also Ed Oxenbold, who is also from The Visit, and Ed and Olivia actually played brother and sister in The Visit, but they're not doing that in this film. And the film also features some small roles from Virginia Madsen, who, if you don't know, she's a horror movie icon for starring in uh, the film Candyman in the 1990s with Tony Todd, and also stars Patrick Warburton, who you've heard his voice everywhere, um... I forgot to write down whatever he's been in, but if you go and look up his voice, you'll instantly recognize it. But people, this is a film where I think just like a film that I talked about a few episodes ago, it's a film where it's really best to not give away too much of the plot. And in fact, I would advocate that everybody go into this film pretty cold on it, you know, avoiding trailers, avoiding reviews of the film, because it's a film that really is best enjoyed just experiencing it in its own way. And I think that's also because if you kind of get some things ruined for you, it may take away from that first experience. Um, Suffice it to say, though, what seems to start out as a typical home invasion films becomes something else entirely. And another way to even describe it is imagine Home Alone if it was way ballsier. Now, this film is about a babysitter who goes to babysit uh, this 12-year-old kid played by Levi Miller. Now, I think it's important to say that this film is one that balances a few different tones. I think this film, the it's a very bright and colorful film because it takes place during Christmas, and it takes place all in one house. You know, it's a very low-budget film. So it's a very bright and kind of bubbly-looking film, but as the story continues to progress, you know, the 
interior starts to get a little bit darker as it reflects the more darker things that are happening with these characters. So uh, balancing that light and comedic tone, there's some very dark subject matter here, but I think for those that may get put off by that, it's not, you're not facing like gratuitous gory violence or, you know, just messed up things. It's more about what these characters are doing and the implications of what it means for what it, for what it means for those characters. Now, it's important to talk about the acting in this film. The acting in this film is top-notch. No actor here is a slouch. Everyone brings their A-game to their roles, but it's the two leads here who are Olivia DeJong and Levi Miller, who plays a 12-year-old in this film, and I think he was like 12 or 13 at the time this film was being made, and it's perfect because he's got these cracks in his voice and it just makes you believe in sort of his naivete and olivia de here plays like a headstrong teenager you know she's a girl but she is going to fight to stay alive essentially and it's the chemistry between these two leads that really helps sell this film because again not to give away too much but where the story goes i think you would be less inclined to believe it and to stick with it if it weren't for how committed these actors were to these roles and how much you believe them in these roles but it's also important to talk about the writing here which is just incredibly sharp you know it is it is drop dead hilarious at points and then there are other times where characters will say something and you just sit there like that was terrifying but a lot of this film to me is just very fun uh, again, it is a movie that gets progressively darker as it goes along. It's just a really fun holiday film. And again, I think it does pay great homage to the holidays because it, it looks at the wonderment that we sort of associate Christmas with and we look at the wonder and the joy of it and really flips on its head and is like, well, what if it really wasn't that? What if it was more about obsession and more about control? And it's just a very interesting film again this is a very low budget film this isn't a big huge film it takes place in one location uh, one of the few complaints that i have about the film is that there are a few points where you that budget becomes obvious there's a scene that is supposed to be a little terrifying with like these spiders and they're cg spiders and it's very obvious that they are not actually there but it's one of those things where it's such a quick moment in the film you easily get over it um but a, a on subsequent viewings, it becomes extremely obvious that those spiders are not actually there. But again, this is a film that balances these two tones, this very dark and serious undertone with a very, uh, with a very bright surface. And like I said, there are moments where the film is laugh-out-loud hilarious, but it never is exploitative. And there's moments in this film where, in the hands of a lesser director and a lesser writer and lesser actors... These situations could be easily exploitative, and it wouldn't really feel like there was a point to them. It would just feel like you're just having you, people are just being sadistic to be sadistic. But there really is a point. And again, this film to me is very fun. I don't know what that says about me, but I think this film constantly keeps you on its toes. Now, one of the few, com the other complaint that I have, the other big complaint that I have about this film is that I think it takes a little too long to get where it's going. Uh, I don't know how much it's going to bother people who go into the film cold and don't know where it's going, but upon subsequent viewings, I consistently say to myself, man, if they could have just tightened this section up here, we could have gotten to this other point quicker, and it would have been an, an even stronger film. But that being said, again, if you go into this film cold and you don't really know much about it, then I don't think that it's going to really be an issue for you. And that's the other thing is the first half of this film is very, you know, it's very, 
stereotypical of a Hollywood of a, of a, a holiday film. It's almost shot like a, a, a Hallmark film where it's like static camera shot, static camera shot, not too much uh, visual tricks being used, not too much, not too much to dissuade you from looking at this film and initially thinking, oh, this is just going to be some run-of-the-mill holiday film that tries to be a little bit edgy. And then halfway through, it completely switches gears and everything gets, you know, the camera work gets a lot more interesting. And that's all on purpose. But again, I think the reason that it bothers me is because it does take a little bit longer than I would have liked it to get where it's going. But like I said, once it gets where it's going, it's really fun. It's really, it's really well paced. And the entire time, you're just sitting there going, I really don't know what's going to happen. Like once you reach the midway point of the film, there's just a moment where you just sit there and go, oh, okay, I, I really don't know where this film is going. But for all of the dark subject matter, I think it's a, also a hilarious film. There's several moments that are just laugh out loud funny to me. And again, it's nice to have those moments of levity to kind of offset the rather darker moments that happen towards the end. Also, I have to say shout out to the director and cinematographer. There's a, a hanging scene in this film where somebody is hanged. And I know that sounds bad, but it's so well shot. And it, I, I just love the way that it's edited together. It's just really awesome. So yeah, that was Better Watch Out. And again, people, if you want to find that film, it's available on Shutter, which is a great streaming horror service. It doesn't cost that much to sign up. So if you're a horror fanatic and you want to see this film, go ahead and sign up. And you can also find it on Amazon Prime if you subscribe there. Now, the second film that I want to talk about quickly today is A Very Harold and Kumar Christmas. Now, this is a film that was released in 2011, and it's available on... I mean, we had a whole section of it dedicated in our last episode. It's available on HBO Max. HBO Max is that streaming service. It's where everybody should be at. It's amazing. And they also have one of my favorite holiday films, which is A Very Harold and Kumar Christmas. Now, this is actually the third film in the Harold and Kumar series, and it's the last one that's been released thus far. I've been patiently waiting to see if they would release another one. But this is the third film in the Harold and Kumar series, which actually started with 2004's Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle, which I think is another hilarious film. The second film, Harold and Kumar Escape Guantanamo Bay, is terrible. It's absolutely atrocious. Don't go watch it, please. I mean, maybe watch it for one person that I'll mention in a little while. But um, yes, this is a series of kind of like basically a series of stoner films kind of made in the same way as Cheech and Chong where they just go on these wacky madcap adventures and it's basically one crazy situation to the next and the idea is that each new situation tops the previous one in just how ridiculous it can be and the reason that the second film is so bad is that it has no heart whatsoever it's just it feels like sketch comedy writers just like okay this is an idea for a sketch this is an idea for a sketch let's just put it in a film and it just makes no sense. Harold and, a very Harold and Kumar Christmas, as a Christmas film should be, it needs to have some heart. It needs to have something there. And what's always been the heart of this series is the two titular characters, which are Harold and Kumar. And Harold is played by John Cho, and Kumar is played by Cal Penn. Now, this is just an interesting factoid. It really has nothing to do with what I think about the film. I just think that that's really interesting because I just learned this the other day. At the time that this film was being made, Cal Penn was actually serving under the Obama administration, and he had to temporarily relieve himself of his duties in order to make this film. And I just have to say shout out to Cal Penn for doing that because I'm pretty sure he would have rather stayed and, you know, done whatever important duties he was doing under the Obama administration. But he was like, hey, I want to go and make this film real quick and I'll come back. And he did. And so shout out to him for doing that. But again, back to what I was saying earlier, the heart of this film lies in 
Harold and Kumar's relationship. You know, they're two friends that you believe in. These actors have a lot of chemistry together, sort of like the two leads in uh, Better Watch Out. But the plot to this film isn't, none of the plot of these films is really integral. It's really just about watching these two people get into these situations and see how they interact with them. Um, like I said before, they're made in the same vein as Cheech and Chong films. Now, it's also important, this film is a comedy. So I don't know if I said that, but this film is a comedy, but make no mistake, it's not safe for children. This film earned its R rating. Uh, there's some, there's a few moments of graphic violence. There's some graphic nudity in there, and there's certainly a lot of language. You know, there's pot smoking, there's all kinds of fun stuff happening in that film. So it's not a film, neither is Better Watch Out. It's neither of these films are films that you should be showing to your children. These are certainly films that you as mature teenagers or adults should be indulging in. But... I just certainly find this film hilarious every time I watch it because, like I said before, this film is just insane. It's it. I'm still constantly surprised every now when I when I go and watch it. I'm still surprised at just how insane this film is. And again, it's the chemistry between these two leads that always brings you back. And that was something that was kind of missing in the second film. It felt like Harold and Kumar didn't really have a strong relationship. They were just always bickering and arguing. And in this film. What I like about it is that the third film finds them at two different points in their life. You know, in the first Harold and Kumar film, they're both in college and, you know, they're doing college stuff. You know, they're smoking weed, they're talking to girls, doing whatever. But in the third film, they've grown. You know, Harold is trying, he's married and he's trying to start a family. And Kumar is still kind of in that college mode. And it's a, something that happens in real life. You know, it's two people who were really good friends at some point, And now they're starting to grow apart, you know, just like everybody just like it tends to happen in real life and it's fun to watch these two characters sort of refine their connection in the film but again to talk about the insanity of this film there's you know holiday musical numbers there's a talking robot who makes waffles and called Wafflebot that I absolutely wish was a real thing a robot that makes waffles please and then there's also a section of the film that has that is completely stop-motion animated and even Jesus Christ shows up for a little bit but the highlight of all of these films the highlight of all three of these films is Neil Patrick Harris, which the first Harold and Kumar really helped relaunch Neil Patrick Harris's career. And in this, he actually plays himself, but that's not really saying much because this is a very exaggerated version of himself. Uh, the Neil Patrick Harris of the Harold and Kumar films is a drug abusing, womanizing guy who in the third film, uh, he is his whole being gay is just a ploy to sleep with other women and they even use his partner David Burtka in a really fun way um, that was really interesting to read about how they came up with that bit because he was like I wanted to be respectful to you know his now husband and make sure that he wasn't just used as a ploy for him uh, David Burka is supposed to be like his drug dealer who's pr providing him with all these drugs and it's just hilarious but one of the best bits of the film is about how Neil Patrick Harris is kicked out of heaven and he goes to heaven and heaven is portrayed as like this big nightclub <laughs> and Jesus comes up and he's like hey hey Neil I'm Jesus Christ and he's like my dad owns this place you know his dad being God and Neil Patrick Harris goes oh you're one of those <laughs> it's it's just hilarious but like I said this 
film is completely insane. It's not a film that you go into, you know, really thinking highbrow and trying to find the deeper meaning. No, it's just meant to be a hilarious romp. But again, what this film has, the second film just completely lacked, was a bit more of a structured plot, but more importantly, it has the heart. You know, you the divide between Harold and Kumar is sad to see because if you watch the first film, it's great because you love watching these characters interact with each other and interact with the world around them. They have so much chemistry. And in this film, it sucks to see them have this divide. And there's even a great sort of dynamic where each of them has a, a new, a quote unquote, new best friend, but both of them kind of suck and they both know it, but they're just talking them up to make the other person jealous. And there's just so many great uh, moments in the film. You know, Riza from Wu-Tang Clan makes a cameo because Harold loves the Wu-Tang Clan. But uh, it's just interesting to watch this film. And also like Cal Penn, who I said earlier, was serving under the Obama administration. Um, uh, Kumar in the films, Kumar and Harold, you know, they smoke weed. In real life, he does not, Cal Penn does not smoke weed. And like in the first film, they go to White Castle. Kumar, uh, Cal Penn is a vegetarian. He does not eat meat. And I think the fact that he is so believable as Kumar speaks to his acting ability because this film is hilarious, but he makes you believe that he's really Kumar when in real life, he's probably the farthest from it. But um, again, you know, if you, like I said, if you just want to sit back and enjoy a completely insane ode to friendships and Christmas, you know, this is really a must watch. And I make a point to try and watch it every year, both of these films. But, um, you know, yeah, that is the two films that I wanted to talk about. So, yeah, people, that is all I have for episode eight of today's show. Um, like I said, it's going to be a short one. It's just a solo show. And I just wanted to put something out for Christmas, give you guys kind of a gift. And, you know, if on Christmas Day you get bored, hey, you got two films. Excuse me. You have two films that you can go ahead and watch. And like I said, they're not your typical holiday films. They are a bit more niche in their genre. But if anything that I said today even remotely appeals to you, I would highly, highly recommend these films. I think they're both films that if you watch them, you'll they'll definitely stick with you. Um... So yeah, moving on to our final thoughts. Um, of course, I hope everyone has a very safe and a very happy Christmas. I hope Santa brings you everything you want. I hope Santa brings some of you a-holes out there, some coal in your stockings. That would be lovely to know about. But yeah, uh, above all, please be safe. Please uh, help stop the spread of COVID. You know, if you can avoid having big gatherings for Christmas, I know that the temptation is there. I understand, but please do your part in trying to make sure that we can defeat this virus in the coming year. And one of the ways that you can do that is for Christmas and not basically having super spreader events. Um, so people, like I said, at the top of the show, if you want to find us on the social medias, you can find us on Twitter at podcast yours. You can find us on Instagram at lawfully yours podcast. And if you want to email us for some more personal conversation, you can find us with lawfully yours podcast at gmail.com once again lawfully yours podcast at gmail.com and again if you really want to show us support people go and subscribe to us on apple Podcasts. leave a rating leave a review and hey i forgot to mention this share our podcast if you're on social media you know retweet us like us tell your friends about it please the more exposure the better we love you guys and let's see i'm looking at my notes here oh and we will be back we will be back next week with hopefully a full show, either with B or Jessica. Who knows? Uh, those are the two people that I usually do the show with, either or. And that is all I have for episode eight. So like I said before, people, have a... I hope everyone has a safe and happy Christmas. I've been Lane, your host for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. 
Sincerely, Lawfully Yours. Thank you.